Starts off the podcast, shoving his face. Mike uh, repping Houston Astros. Why Houston? That nobody cares about. Mixed with We Energies. Mike, Mike why Houston? That's just... because he likes Hotel Two because they're both little little guys. Well, and they have true. the best record in the AL. So. But they're a bunch of cheaters. So fair. That's a uh, jury's still out on that, even though the jury's no jury's not out at all. They literally all got suspended for cheating and they're cheaters, and it's confirmed. So, jury's not out. So, Michael's a scumbag, and we're moving on. So, thank you all for tuning in. We've been getting awesome feedback from the pod lately, um, which has been great. Um, but yeah, so we're back. Uh, another week of the NFL in the books. Um, another week. Another tough Brewers loss also in the books. Um, we got a lot of stuff we want to cover today from Brewers to football to, NF- to fantasy football. Um, I know we're talking a lot of football, but it's the NFL season and we only got it for about 18 weeks. So we're, of course, we're going to hit you with it. Um, but I think first and foremost, one of the biggest things that we wanted to talk about is uh, the Brewers. Actually, before that, I just wanted to tell you guys, I played Lac Belle Golf Course yesterday. And it was the most beautiful golf course I have ever golfed at. It was the greens were some of the hardest greens of all time. They were like rolling hills. It was insane. Like I was like, you hit one putt just a little bit too hard. That thing is going all the way out the green, all the way down. (laughs) It was crazy, but absolutely beautiful golf course. So if you guys can ever get there, I highly recommend. If you guys get there. Beautiful ever that you've ever been to. It's the most beautiful that I've ever been to. Damn, that's crazy. I mean, I'm not saying it's the most beautiful golf course in the world, but I'm no, saying like it's the for most you that you've been to. Yeah, of course, for yeah. the ones that you've been to. It's like $200 a person to go there. Wow, high roller. I mean, I didn't pay for it. So, um, but yeah, no, it was great. It was uh, absolutely beautiful. And it's like, I feel like when you go to like one of those nice golf, like super nice golf courses where like you just feel like you're sitting on a sofa in the golf cart and, like it's got everything that you'd imagine. It's like it makes you like you go to a Milwaukee public Milwaukee public course and you're just like, what a beater. Um, but anyway, so guys, R.I.P. Rest in peace to the Milwaukee Brewers 2020. So are they officially season. out? They're out. Yes, dude. They I have to. We know. Okay, we have having different to- opinions here, Mike. Let's hear. So I took a look at the stats as of our recording on Monday, October 3rd. We are two games behind the Phillies with three games left in the season. Uh, so technically we have not been, I checked, I checked the MLBstats.com or whatever. We haven't had a little E for elimination on the Brewers yet. Good. We so have to, have to, we win, have to win out. Have in to the Phil- no, we have to win out and the Phillies have to lose one, lose out. The Phillies have to lose every game, and we have to win every game. It's so stupid that the last two games against the Marlins blew it. Was it two days ago? We blew it in the the ninth inning. We were up one, and our bullpen comes in and blows a 4-3. Yesterday, we lose it in 12. I didn't watch that game yesterday, but you guys know what happened yesterday? Yeah, we blew it again late in the innings, our bullpen. Our bullpen, I saw a stat before the game, um, before – the first Miami game that I talked about where we lost 4-3, which was two days ago. Before that, since the Josh Hader trade, the Brewers' bullpen has blown 11 games. Have you seen Josh Hader's stats, too? I know. They're not great either. No, he's oh. back. He's, like back. he's back, back. Like, his last, like, 15 appearances, he hasn't allowed a run. And he's got, like, he's back to normal. Well, like it's back to normal, Josh Hader. Glad the Brewers just made a trade that literally that that trade literally cost them the playoffs. I'd say, like if we had Hader, we would have won five, six, seven, eight more of those games. We'd be in the playoffs. I feel like this season's just kind of been one of those where you're just like, all of a sudden you're sitting here just like, what happened? Like it it was back in May, we were like twenty games over five hundred, had a huge lead in our division, and it was like it kind of felt like it was like, okay, the Brewers aren't going to look back and here we are. But like, 
it was absolutely the opposite way around. We had a stretch at the end of May and the beginning of June where we lost like, what was it, like 10 straight games? And then like, I feel like we never really recovered from that. Yeah, I think that the, I think all three of us were kind of talking about as we were entering the all-star break, it's like, all right, Brewers need to hit a hard reset button about the all-star break guns a blazing. Well, that didn't happen. And that's when the Cardinals started getting red hot. I think they went like 31 and 17 or some crazy stat on a run. The Cardinals had the best, I think the best record in baseball in the second half, maybe behind the Dodgers, but they had one of the well, best. When you have in two MVP candidates on your team. It's pretty nice. Goldschmidt and Arenado. Yeah. Unfair. Yeah. I mean, that's that you're, you're accurate, but you know, the Brewers were supposed to have three Cy Young candidates on their pitching staff too. So it kind of goes tomato, tomato, I guess. I mean, the Brewers offense, they have Willie Adamas and supposed to be Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain and all this stuff and nothing amounted to what it was supposed to be. Like Lorenzo Cain got DFA in the middle of the season. Uh, Hunter Renfro had a great year. Um, something that he can hang his cap on. Uh, McCutcheon underperformed all year. I mean, Yelich was again, another horrible lackluster season from Yelich. Adamas, uh, you know, had a had a good year. I mean, he had 35 home runs. I mean, you can't really ask for much more out of Adamas. Telez hit 30 something homers. I mean, yeah, just pitching. Didn't he hit under 220 though? Ty, where'd your screen go? I was blowing my nose. Oh. You want to see me blow my nose? Yeah, we do. I can piggyback off of what you said about Rowdy and Willie, Adamas and uh Telez. Like they did hit dingers and the Brewers, you know, there are a lot of highlight videos that you see on like social media about Brewers hitting a dinger. And yeah, they have decent power in their lineup, but their overall run production just also kind of fell off a cliff this year as well. And at the end of the day, you have to score more runs than the other team to beat them, hit more dingers. Willie Adamas did have a 4.6 war though, which led our team wins above replacement. So he actually, he statistically had a very good season. Um, Rowdy did not like Rowdy. He was a pretty terrible situational hitter. The Brewers have to be, I'd love to see the stat. I don't know it, but they have to be the worst situational hitting team in baseball. <laughs> I, the amount of guys that they leave on base is beyond me. It is like insane. In every single game against the Marlins, they had like 10 guys left on base in like every single game. Like, this team cannot situationally hit the baseball. Like, no. I don't know what it is, but this it, they, they're so bad when it comes to, like, hitting with runners in scoring position and hitting with guys on base. It's insane. Mm-hmm. It really is bad. Um, Woodruff and Burns, honestly, they both had solid seasons. Woodruff ended up with a 305 earned run average, 183 strikeouts. I know he missed some time. A lot uh, of time. Burns, 299. I mean, not a Cy Young year, but 299 ERA, 238 strikeouts. That's as good as you can ask for out of your one and two pitchers. I mean, that's that's really good, good years. Really Freddie, good years. it sucked having him. I mean, he was brittle brittle as hell this year. Spent so much time on the injured list. Um, Lauer was in and up. I mean, he was just inconsistent. Um, Lauer, you you like what you see out of Lauer this year, though. I mean, yeah, I did. what do you finish up like a three point five ERA? I mean, that's a good, that. that's a really good year. Lauer had a great year, and like next year going into the rotation, you have to think it's going to be Burns, Woodruff. Oh yeah, three eight three with one hundred fifty strikeouts. That's a very good fourth pitcher. Yeah, like, Lauer had a great though. year. That's a that's a great year for Lauer, and you have to be excited about that. And you probably think you hope Ashby takes a jump next year and earns that five spot. Because Adrian Hauser did not get it done this year. He was really bad, like mm. really bad. Um, our bullpen was supposed to be our strong suit going into the year. Devin oh, Williams, remember best God. best reliever in the league? Devin Williams was great, but yeah. outside of him, Boxberger stumbled late. Uh, Jake Cousins was supposed to be like a big part of our bullpen who got hurt in like the first series of the year and never came back. Uh, Hater got traded. Uh, guys that you thought were going to step up and be really good were not. It just was um, the guys that we acquired at the deadline were bad. 
but Matt Bush was bad for us. Taylor Rogers was horrible. Like just all the wrong moves. There's there's uh, one glimmer of hope, I'd say, in, in Garrett Mitchell that we acquired or yeah. brought up, I should say. I mean, him and Yelly are really and, and Colton Wong are the only players on the team that have like an on-base percentage above like 0.333, which is you know pretty decent if you can get on base one out of three times in the MLB. Um, that's like, I see our one little shimmer of hope for the future. I know McCutcheon's going to be entering free agency and like, I'll be yeah. honest, we even sign him again. I, get I don't of, Get no. rid of McCutcheon. Get rid of Wong. Got to try for some younger guys. I think Wong. I will say it. there's a lot more hope, Mike, than just a glimmer though. I mean, we got a lot of guys like Garrett Mitchell ready to come up. Um, I mean, we got Bryce Turing. That's probably going to take over at second base. Um, we have the number one MLB prospect in our minors right now with Jackson Trino, who's going to be really good, but it's going to be a couple of years before he comes up. Um, so we have a prospect. Yeah. We have some really, really good talent in our minor league systems. So I think it's a lot to be excited about, but we got a lot of work to be done with our bullpen and figuring some stuff out over there. And I, I don't know what to say about, but Again, I think a ginormous reason why we're not going to make it to the playoffs is again, it's it, it has to a lot of the blame has to fall on Yelich. Like, just so, he literally is slumping horrendously in the home stretch of the season. We need a leader on this team, dude. Like, it's supposed to be Yelich. You don't pay a guy twenty five mil a year to like make just, critical just errors in the out but not only that but hurt our team in the stretch run critical errors in the outfield to like let that game that we lost two nights ago that go ahead run for the marlin score because of yelich he just missed a base hit bounced off his foot and it went to the outfield like not only was he bad but he showed a lack of mental strength and leadership when the team needed him most it's too and it's like there. I feel like he's always just kind of like, like he doesn't I care. I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know what to even think about Yelich. I think that you're going to see his batting average go up quite a bit next year because the shift's going to be banned. So I think he's going to like. They're banning the shift? Yeah. I that's did not hear going that. That's interesting. Next year. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, what? I, don't, I honestly don't like that. I love it. The MLB needs more offense, dude. It's so boring. That's true. Like, it's like guy hits a rope to right field and it's like right into the second baseman just playing in the right shallow right field. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's baseball's gotten too analytically driven and it's like, I, it's great, but like we need more offense. Let them people juice are bored. again. Let them <laughs> people, are, people are bored as fuck. Like averages across the league are down. Like the league average is like thir- 230. It's like. It's so bad. What used to be like a high batting average being like 270, 280, 290. We have to like adjust that now. Like now it's like two, 250, 260, 270s are really good batting average. You know what I mean? It's just weird. Bizarre. But yeah, just disappointing. I'm really disappointed in Yelich. I'm just really disappointed. It's hoping for more. I feel like we have to briefly touch on Aaron Judge's season. Is he going to get 62? I don't even know. Maybe. Uh, he's got three games left. He's at 61. I know he's at like 311 batting average and literally leads in every single category. Do you know why? Do you know that, like, first of all, I think Shohei should still win MVP, uh, number one. Number two, do you, know, do you know why that, that – do you know who had the home run record before Aaron Judge? Barry Bonds. No. No, in a single season. It, you guys know? It's weird. It's, some, it's a, a name that I really hadn't heard of before. Then I heard it. I was like, oh, okay. That's why Aaron Judge's runs Aaron Judge's home run record doesn't fucking matter at all. <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't win anything, who cares? Sixty-two home runs in a year. It is, but like it was impressive for that guy, and he's not even in the Hall of Fame, and nobody even knows who he is. So I mean, it's like it's impressive, but if the Yankees don't do anything for what's it worth, you know? It's still, I mean, one of the best seasons ever. They're great. Yeah, he's had a he's had a great year. I'm not denying it, but like the attention the media is giving it. It's like, it's all that and ever only thing that anyone ever talks about. And like, I get it. It's a great season, but like he hit a lot of home runs, yeah. you know, like that's awesome. And I'm happy for him. Like 
good for him, but the Yankees are going to get bounced in the first round. It's going to be hilarious. Like the Yankees team sucks without Aaron judge. Like that's why I think he maybe should win MVP because like the Yankees, I feel like would be bad without him. Like They struggled in the second half of the year. I think they're like 10, 15 games under 500 in the second half, but I don't know. I just think like Aaron judges home run record. is cool. But I don't think that, like, when Air, Albert Pujols had way bigger accomplishment than Aaron Judge this year. Albert Pujols hitting his 700, 700th home run is way more important than Judge hitting number 62. No minimums and Whoa. no overdraft. Cool. Right. Pulling up scores, pulling up scores, getting ready for the next next subject. <laughs> but any feedback on that, what I said, or no? I mean, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I have a stupid comment. I, I'm just, I think Albert Pujols could secretly be like 58 years old. I, I honestly think that's how old he could be right now. He just looks like an old man, but he's got a beautiful stroke of a, just, of a swing. <laughs> Literally, that's what I like learned growing up. Like one of my baseball coaches, he like, all right, we're going to analyze Albert Pujols' swing. Because we always did that too. Coach Cruz at Rippin, he does. Did you do it with Coach Cruz at Rippin Camps? No, I, no, no, it wasn't with him. <laughs> this is with shit in old baseball league. Yeah. But no, you're right, Max. It's it's uh it's a good accomplishment for Aaron Judge. And it's like, didn't they ban like Mark McGuire's and Barry Bonds' like single season home run record? Because Barry Bonds did have seven. Oh yeah, he hit like 140. <laughs> 140 home runs in one season. <laughs> that would be something else. I don't know. It was something absurd. But to to kind of bring it back and maybe like close the topics on our final thoughts of the Brewers, I will say to us as Brewer fans, when you when you're a fan of a ball club and you follow them like the entire year, we've had mixed emotions for the Brewers over the last five years. But let's let's be honest, on paper, they have made the playoffs the last four years in a row, which is no, didn't they miss one? No, they, no. it's an asterisk to the um. 2020 season we were literally under 500 and we snuck in but like on paper yeah 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 I I I agree with you Mike I mean there is definitely something to be said about that and I think Stearns does deserve a lot of credit for that you know what I mean like we I think Brewers fans have gotten really spoiled over the past five years where they're like now it's all of a sudden everybody's after David Stearns and Craig Council's head because we had a bad year and it's like when you have an MVP candidate every year yell at you, expect to be a good team. But that's not on council, and that's not on Stearns. I know. Like, they can't go out there and bat 300 for Yelich and hit 25 home runs. He hit, he hit 12 home runs this year. 12. 12. So he had like over 500 at-bats. Or 13. That's so like, bad. Wong has more. Urias has more. Little Wong and Little Urias, Urias had more home runs. It's they're yeah. both like five foot eight. Yeah, dude. It's it's it's. I mean, I we're and like we're so fucked. We haven't been like another five years. Like it's so brutal. Yeah, so well, brutal. But hey, let's move on. on. Let's move it on. Moving uh, on, NFL. NFL. What do we see? What do we like? I first off, did you guys hear the breaking groin this morning? No. There's a, a big breaking two groin. Two is out. That's not the big breaking groin. He's going to be out for a game or two. Javante Williams, sad, tore his ACL. Who is Javante Williams? Where? What team does he play for again? I don't know. You guys really don't know Javante Williams? He's like a, a top five fantasy running back. Like this what year. What team? The Broncos. The starting running back for the Broncos. He's like twenty two oh. years old. Oh, that's not good. Tough look for the Broncos to lose yeah. more offense he's than they their, already he's, don't have. He's the future of their like running game, and you know he's an absolute stud. And he tore his ACL yesterday. Very sad. Hmm. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, the Broncos need as much offense as they can get. Holy shit, are they a disaster? Yeah, but um, yeah. So another. That's just. I thought that was pretty sad. But I think the first thing we need to touch on are the Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush. The man is four and zero. Do we need to start considering the fact that if Dak comes back, he loses three games in a row, something like that? Is it time to just move on to Cooper Rush? Short answer, no. 
but I like what you're thinking. <laughs> Cooper Rush is undefeated. He's the only undefeated quarterback in the league. <laughs> Besides Jalen Hurts. That's true. He's also 4-0. I'm just saying his overall career, Cooper Rush mm-hmm. is undefeated. Mm-hmm. That's true. Sample size, at least four games played. <laughs> Rush, he runs the team, you know? He's a yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's always, there's always much more that goes into a quarterback being in a successful spot to fill in and succeed. Um, the Cowboys have a very good defense. They have a very good they offensive line. Their defense. They, have a, they have a very good offensive line. They have a very good running game. I think that he's got a lot of support. He's got talent or a, a lot of talent around him. Like it's, it's a lot, it's not easy to succeed credit where credit is due, but I think it's a lot harder. It's a lot easier to step in and have success when you have a lot of talent around you. Mm-hmm. That's Here. true. Um, I think, Dak, I think Dak, Dak Prescott makes the team better. Dak didn't do shit when he was in. He played one game. I know. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> no, you're right. One half. Point. Good point. I don't know, man. I'm just on this Cooper Rush bandwagon. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think Dallas would be foolish to not stick with Dak. I mean, Dak is a, an elite quarterback in the league. Mm. I think that Dak makes the team better than it already is right now. But Cooper Rush, I am. It is a very admirable um, fill-in job. I will say mm-hmm. so myself. Very admirable. I was very impressed. Four and all, and really not. I think a key for him is just not turning the ball over. Yeah. I mean, he might not be the flashiest guy in the world, but like he's not turning. He's like Alex Smith. He's like goes in there and just does what he needs to do to get his team to win. And like, yeah, that's what you want out of a backup. You do have to give the man. Jason Garrett didn't do much correct in his career, but he did have one thing correct. He always thought Cooper Rush was something. Very fair. Now, Jason Garrett's a terrible anchor for what Sunday night football, and it's he's just so awkward. Jason Garrett, I don't know why they hired him. It's <laughs> really weird. That's what they do. The NFL just hires people that they barely even bet them, and then they just suck. Like Drew Brees, they hired him, and then he sucked, and they fired him. Drew Brees was really bad on Sunday night football. Or wait, what was he on? ESPN. Monday, Monday night. night football. He was just awkward. Because they don't know what to do. Like, they don't know how to act on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Jason Garrett. Oh, my hands. They gave Brady a couple hundred million dollars already for Fox. I think it's Fox Sports to become an announcer for games. Right? Wasn't it a couple hundred million dollars? Like, for when he retires? I'm just going to assume. I'm going to go with you and be like, yeah, Ty, that, that is a large amount of money. Um, I don't know. Uh, Ty, while you're looking that up, $333 million. Holy. Okay, that's, yeah, no, never mind. I'm wrong. $375 million Fox deal. Jesus. Good Lord. They don't even know if he can talk. (laughs) They don't know if he'll be entertaining. Yeah, he's the goat, but really? He's good at kissing his children on the lips. (laughs) <laughs> um one game i wanted to touch on because uh max is just I, I think he's a huge you're secretly a big lions fan right max max loves the lions you lions know, lost again your they, guys, they did Dan lose. Campbell, and your guys the lions out there to another one and three start right they, they have the best offense in the league by far not even close this year and the worst defense in the league not even close <laughs> Yeah, they didn't have DeAndre Swift today, but they were staying scrappy. I know they lost 48 to 45 against the Seahawks, but actually a legitimate we're also asshole. A great breakout game no. was their tight end, TJ Hawkinson. He yeah. had a couple tutty passes, making clutch catches like throughout the field. Jared Goff looked like he was doing a formidable job. And Geno Smith got the job done. So Geno Smith. Max, I, I, I honestly, I, I might have to take against, go against you with your Seahawks comment. I got a feeling that they could be a pretty solid team this year. Geno Smith, to go into this week, has the highest QBR of any quarterback. Who has he played? I mean, yeah, the Lions. The Broncos. The Lions are the worst defense in football. Broncos have a good defense. 
and he played like shit against them. And they lost. And then who was he? Did he play in? Let's see. I'm cu- I'm just curious because I don't think Geno Smith is good. Yeah. Um, he is off to a better start than Russell Wilson, though, which is saying a lot about Nathaniel Hackett's offense over there in Denver. Yeah. That's so. Yeah, they played the Broncos. They won. They lost to the 49ers. They beat the Falcons. I know they lost to the Falcons, and then they beat the Lions. So, yeah, two so, and two. But I don't know. I just Geno's looked really good this year for what we're used to seeing with him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. We'll see how it is in the long run. I mean, it were four games into the year, but he's off to a good start. It's better than Russell Wilson. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. I saw that side by side this morning about Russell Wilson's stats right now to Geno Smith's stats. Like the Broncos are such a train wreck. And now Russell Wilson's stuck in another spot where he doesn't want to be. It's still funny. <laughs> Russell's just annoying these days. Like he just kind of drives me nuts. Yeah, he is. Well, he's, he's like very entitled. I think he's just, he's a, like, if you meet him, I bet he's a great human being. Yeah. Positivity can get a little annoying at times. I definitely. I just feel like Nathaniel Hackett is not meant to be a head coach. Like I, dude, this Broncos team has all the weapons to be successful and whatever game plan that this guy's writing up for these games, like their offense is like totally lackluster, predictable, boring horrible they're not doing anything creative with their offense they're just like they're really bad and they have an elite talent at quarterback they have a lot of talent at the wide receiver position with they Gordon did Sutton. with the running back they did with them but they still got melvin gordon who's, who's admirable good. yeah we'll see we'll see it's just funny to me like they're all hyping up this nathaniel hackett as a coach and it's just like some guys are just meant to be like coordinators like and that's not necessarily a bad thing but like i don't think that nathaniel hackett is meant to be a head coach because with that much talent you should come in and make a difference Mm -hmm. if like you're gonna be good you should come in and make a difference you shouldn't your team shouldn't like progress backwards from like what they've been doing with that amount of talent that they had (laughs) wait you can progress backwards degress sorry regress regress Words in, I love when Max makes up stuff on the fly and pulls stuff out of his ass. It's really funny. I didn't pull anything out of my it's ass. Damn near fifty percent of the time. <laughs> did what? Did you get? I was gonna say, did you guys want to talk about any other games? Obviously, we could talk yeah. about Packers. I want to talk about the Steelers finally making the move to Kenny. Did you guys watch that game at all? I saw that interception. I don't ever watch Steelers games. Okay, well, I'll I'll start it off. Mitch, obviously there was no like the first half would looked awful. I mean, he just nothing getting done on the offense. They move into the second half. Tomlin, quote unquote, wanted a spark for the offense, so they put in Pickett. Ten for thirteen with three interceptions. But he did look really good besides the three interceptions. <laughs> What? <laughs> just in the first half? So his first pass ever, he tried to bomb it, and it just was a little underthrown, picked off. Um, another one was just a be- like a, just a mental mistake, and then I don't remember the other one. But honestly, I'm I, I know this sounds wrong, but like for he looked better than Mitch. He was moving the offense. He was mm. putting his body on the line. You know, he rushed for two touchdowns. He was making the throws. He was. Ru- Throwing on the run, he just looks a lot more poised than Mitch. Obviously, he had his three picks, which you can't really overlook that because that's not great. But you guys didn't – I mean, I know this is probably, like, baffling to you, me saying that it looks better with three picks, but it the, their offense doesn't. No, it, no I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just making fun of you because you said three picks. I, I honestly think this is going to sound also – you're going to make fun of me. But I kind of feel the same thing sometimes about Jordan Love. Like, I I think that sometimes his interception to touchdown ratio doesn't look great. But, like, I think in the games that he's stepped in for the Packers, he's shown signs 
yeah. of being really good. And then he's also made some mental mistakes, which you have to expect out of a rookie who's never seen an NFL defense before. Like it's different than college. It's not like you're playing at Utah state or at Pitt. You know what I mean? It's you're in the, you're in the bigs. Like you got to mm-hmm. face big defensive coverages and big different looks and all this stuff and hidden looks and players that are 10 times better than these college kids are. So it's like, I, I think that, you know, completing 10 passes in your first start and, you know, definitely like, I think there probably is a lot of promise there. I mean, yeah. and everybody knows that sometimes three picks, yeah, maybe a rookie couple of mental mistakes, but some picks aren't even your fault. Mm-hmm. Like when Jordan Love started that game against Detroit at the end of the year last year, I think he actually looked pretty good and he had two interceptions and neither of them were his fault. One of them went right off of our receiver's hands and the other one bounced off of one of our receiver's foot. Like he dropped it, it bounced off his foot and then it went up Mm -hmm. in the air, which is like not, sometimes you can't solely look at like interceptions as like to solely judge your game, you know? Yeah, I agree. So I'm, I'm glad you're willing to say that because I do believe in Kenny and I think he is the future. Hopefully you know, he turns out, but we'll see what happens. Um, do we want to talk Packers? Yeah, I have a quick, just a very, like, 30-second uh, prediction or, like, a little hypothesis, if you will. Sure. I think I – know, I know the key to success on how the Vikings can win a Super Bowl. This is very random, but okay. Sure. It is move all your home games to London. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, he he's n- notoriously known for playing horrible during prime time. He had a good game yesterday, or on on Sunday. They because nobody watches the game at ten in the morning. Exactly, that's when he's at his best when no one's watching it. So just move all Vikings. Just play all your home games there. Kirk Cousins is gonna. Perform. He's a sneaky snake. <laughs> he attacks when you're lulled to sleep and when you're not paying attention. He attacks. But when you are paying attention, he just shrivels up and dies. So Vikings move to London with Kirk Cousins. Maybe they'll. Yeah, I like that. You want to talk about a team that's played nobody this year, though? The Vikings, like they're three and one, but they are not good. The enough. Saints they're, didn't they're, have Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, or Alvin Kamara, and they barely won. Yeah, dude. Who have the Vikings played this year? They played. The Lions, the Saints, the uh, I should probably just like look this up better. Oh, the Eagles, and they lost, and then the Packers on the road. Well, the Eagles are the best team in the league right now. The Eagles, Eagles are the best team in the league right now. So it's pretty yeah, they are. Um. But we should talk about the Eagles, though. I think we should talk about the Packers first. Sure. Um, Packers are concerning. I I think that they're going to get better as the year goes on. I think they're going to get stronger because I think a lot of these rookies, they have a lot of learning to do. Mm -hmm. Like that first half of football that we played against New England is unacceptable. It's unacceptable on every level. Like, that was so bad. I mean, we were playing against literally the third-string quarterback for the Patriots. Blake and I know it was against, against uh, Bill Belichick. So you knew it was going to be bad. Like, most of Bill Belichick's games are at least battles. But, like, ugh, God, that was ugly. Rodgers' pick six was a total mental mistake. I mean, the it's just – Shit, just looked like okay. shit. I mean, we should not have been that close in that game. Hell no. At least Romeo Dobbs is starting to show something. Two weeks in a row, he's had pretty good games. Lazard's been dropping, solid, pretty much. Other than dropping a game ceiling catch in the end zone. Yeah, that was oh, good. that was but tough though. He beat, he beat, you know, he beat the defense to get to that point. Um, it's I would like to see the Packers start to utilize Watson on more than just a jet touch pass or a sweep around because the man is like, when the man has the ball in his hands, he literally is an absolute freak. He bounces off people. He flies around. Like we really need to start utilizing him more. I think. 
He's a game. Yeah. He's a game changer. If they're able to get his hands right and get his route running, like I think he could be damn good. Yeah, I I agree. Mike, thoughts? Yeah, I think overall, it's like two big things is that our defense didn't do a horrible job yesterday. I know that some of the turnovers. No, Jair yesterday hurt. Yeah, and Amos I thought got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Got hurt in the first quarter. And we gave the Pats some decent field position, and I know we held them to a couple field goals, which I think is a pretty good feat to do when you're the Packers' defense. And I think you see a lot of us going to be relying on both Dylan and Jones. They were kind of emphasizing that in the first, second quarter, both of them were in at the same time because they were dominant when they were running the ball, they'd get some good, like eight, nine, 10 yard chunk gains, a lot of little short passes to them and whatnot, while Rogers is kind of developing these relationships with his receivers on like, where should I place the ball? Like Cobb made a couple of nice catches and that kind of showed the rapport that him and Rogers had about where they're going to be on the field. Cobb looks youthful. He looks youthful out there. (laughs) Yeah. That's what they were saying. Michael, you make a really good point though. Like Tony Romo, I was listening to the broadcast last night. He said that last night and like Tony Romo is really smart. He like knows what he's talking about. And it's like, he made a point, like the Packers are in a position they're, they're going to be really strong by like week 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12. Like they're going to be playing their best football then. Right now, I mean, they're clearly not playing their best football. They're not even playing good football. Like the Packers, they, 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 it's going to take – what Romo said is like they're good enough to limp through this stretch. And they got the dub. Good. Mm-hmm. They're, they they're, the dub. they're good enough, and they know that. They know they're good enough to get through this like rocky learning curve until they start playing really good and start clicking on all cylinders. I saw some things last night, like from Dobbs and um, uh, well, I mean, it, I guess it was really only Dobbs. He's like really the only rookie receiver and I'm Lazard too, but like Lazard's always been with Rogers, but there were a couple comeback routes Dobbs had yesterday that like were, it was really on time. You know what I mean? There were a couple fade routes where you went the wrong way, but like, there was there were a couple plays yesterday where I was like, wow, things I think maybe are starting to maybe turn around a little bit in the second half. It's it's just um, gonna take a it's it's gonna take a while. You know, all of our guys are young. It's just gonna take a while for everything to get set in place. I'd say eight games in, we'll start looking like a real team. Like we'll squeak, yeah. maybe have like a two a few losses, but mostly get wins until maybe game eight, and then that's when we'll start to click and like look like a real good team. That's my um, prediction. The last thing I'll say about the Packers, the last point I have to make is like, I'm sad Devontae left. Like he is great, and he, I'm I'm so convinced he's the best football, the best wide receiver in the game. But whatever your opinion is about who the best receiver is, it doesn't really doesn't doesn't matter. That's not the point. I'm trying Tyreek to make. Hill. It, it's not the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. I think I mean if you put if you put. Devontae Adams on the Chiefs, I think he would be just as good as Tyreek Hill, but whatever. Anyway, what I'm saying is, like, I feel like you kind of take for granted having, like, a, you know, whether he's the best receiver in the league or in the top five, whatever, same same difference. I think you take, you kind of take for granted having a top caliber wide receiver talent. I, I, I know I did, like, Mm-hmm. When Devontae was here, I feel like I took him for granted. And now it's like he's gone. And it's like you don't have – on third and ten last year, you were like, we're going to get this first down. But, like, on third and ten this year, you're like, fuck, get the punt team ready. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 a different feel. And Rodgers is still Rodgers. But I, I, I was telling Haley this last night. You just kind of take for granted, like, having – a top receiver like that, that like you can rely on to make a big play when Rogers could just throw it down the field to him and he'd catch it over three guys. You know what I mean? It's just like, we don't have that now, clearly. I just feel like I took that for granted. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, but it's, it's looking up sort of. Hopefully. But did you want to talk about the Eagles, Tyler? Yeah. I, I mean, the Jags are a good team, and they kind of, like, it was a terrible, like, the conditions of the game were terrible, so it's kind of hard to judge a lot for from Hurts and Lawrence that game. But I think the Eagles are for real this year. 
Jalen Hurts has taken tremendous leaps. I know we talked about this last episode, but he's showing leadership. He still has his elusive running ability. His passing is looking accurate as hell. He's got massive weapons on the outside. Devontae Smith, Goddard is a great tight end. A.J. Brown is a baller, as always. They got Miles Sanders looking good. Um, Kenneth Gainwell is a good, you know, running back, wide receiver, dual kind of guy. They got a very good offensive line. I mean, I think the Eagles are looking dangerous. Good take. I agree 100%. Probably, I mean, they're probably the best team in the league right now. I'd say maybe Chiefs, but it's tough to bet against Mahomes after especially them handling the, uh, the Buccaneers last night. Yeah, I thought that uh, the Eagles were tremendous. I mean, they, they're they a really good team. I don't think there's anything hiding that. But, um, you know, I, I'm fully bought into the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. I think they're the real deal. I don't, too. I don't think that they're a joke by any means. I don't think they're a flash in the pan. I think they're, they're really good. Um, another thing that was really funny was uh, um, the Ravens. They're a joke. No, the Ravens not. are a joke, bro. Did they're you see? Did you see the the conditions were horrible there too? Like, oh, I looked at the stat line. Is they had zero points in the second half when they were up. Yeah. Like, oh, they they completely first. choked that game to the Bills, one hundred percent. Yeah. It's tough to like say that comment. You know, the Bills are you know, still arguably a top three team. Yeah, they blew their win, but how could you say that after all the other weeks they've had? Uh, the Ravens. The, the Ravens, Ravens are, I think the Ravens are a damn good team. Um, what did they win last week? Yeah. Who did they play last week? Uh, oh, the Patriots. And they are they three and one? No, they're two and two. Oh, lost to the they blew another game horribly to the Dolphins, too. Yeah, that was a tough one, but I, I still. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. the, I guess the games that the Ravens have blown, they had no business losing even in those games. Mm-hmm. Like just traumatic, like just huge losses. Like losses, they were up three touchdowns in both games. Like blown leads. Yeah. Am I right? Like they were up by four touchdowns to the Dolphins, and then they were up another three touchdowns today or yesterday to the Bills. Yeah, well, you got to. If you're, if you're that good of a team, game. you got to close out games. Mm-hmm. Right, if you have a MVP quarterback and you have that good of a team, you should be able to close out games when you're up by four touchdowns. Am I right? Or yeah, no, I agree. Seems brutal. I'd be. So, I would think the Packers are a joke if they've blown two games up by three touchdowns this year. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let's move on to our top fantasy picks. Or- Top fantasy players this year so far. Speaking of the Ravens, Lamar, I believe, still is the best quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. Allen actually might have taken over because um, Lamar didn't have a great game last week. But, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts, big surprise this year for quarterbacks. Um, Diggs. Diggs has been leading the way. Diggs and Tyreek Hill for the receivers. Goff, big surprise. Goff's been killing it in fantasy this week. I think he had the best quarterback week for all fantasy for, for quarterbacks. The Goffer. The Goffer is kind of back. He didn't even Goffer's have Amon. He didn't have Amon Ra. He didn't, I mean, he didn't have Swift to dump it off to. Goff kind of seems to me as one of those guys that people just hate for no reason. Like, I mean, exactly. I don't think Goff is like an elite quarterback, but I feel like he's one of those guys that just because like Sean McVay hated him, like I feel like the world just sucks Sean McVay's ween so hard that like McVay didn't like him, so they traded him and like everybody's like, oh, Matthew Stafford. And then people just like hated Goff for no reason. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, Goff's a solid quarterback. I think he's solid. Yeah, he's got a nice size ween. <laughs> Very good size. Okay. No, Ty, you're right, though. When it comes to – if you're talking about, like, best fantasy – we're talking about fantasy. We're not talking about actual NFL, mm-hmm. like, performances. Lamar Jackson, let's be honest, there's not another QB in the NFL right now that is as dangerous, like, on his legs to rack up the amount of rushing yards. and Honestly, all three be, of them. All even three out of running backs, too. I think he's the most elusive in running. 
capabilities. Do you want to go to running backs a little bit? Saquon is uh, he's having Saquon a little revenge ball. tour this year. Him and the Chubber. He's been him and Chubb. <laughs> They're both looking good. Saquon's looking like he's back to his animalistic ways and running people over. Yeah. I like that. Saquon's one of those guys I just really like. I, I've always liked Saquon in the league. And he's a grinder. I'm happy that he's back. I'm happy that he's back. He's yeah. had a struggle bust the last couple of years. He's been yeah. – the Giants are kind of back. They, they, they don't have three wins. out gross wins. That's, that's New York Giants football. You're right. They that do whatever is, they can to grease out They play win. Big Ten football. Speaking of that, RIP to Paul Chris, by the way. Yeah. What a disaster. Um, he deserved to go. You know, I want to give you – I'll give you guys five bucks if you can guess – who the number fourth ranked running back is. Mike, you probably can't. Mike, you can't guess. Max, okay. Guess. Yeah. Max, I'll give you five bucks if you can guess who the fourth ranked running back is for fantasy because it's very interesting. The Falcons running back. Cordero? Cordero Patterson. Patterson. No. Jamal Williams. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I can't I really say him. I miss I can't really say I miss him because I'm so happy with where yeah. we're at with. AJ Dillon and Amar Amar Aaron, or Amar Aaron Jones, but like he was fun. He was fun. I I enjoyed him as a person, as a player. I mean, all everything. I think he's a great player. The Lions deserve him. Yep, I, he I, deserves I really, the Lions, and the Lions deserve him. I really, he didn't really have like a place. Him. He didn't have a place on our team. He's not as good as AJ Dillon or Aaron mm-hmm. Jones. Another fantasy stud for the Lions this year that not a lot of people would have expected is a matter right. St. Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Doc Clay. I mean, he's been a top three receiver. But he was out this week, obviously, so probably won't be in the top five anymore. But I'm on Raz. How about Aaron Jones? Oh, daddy's been rolling. Aaron Jones. Have mm-hmm. yourself a season. He is so electric with the ball. Aaron Jones needs to get the ball – they, and they're, they're giving it to him quite a bit now, but he needs to be touching the ball all game. He is electric. He can put a team on his back, Aaron Jones can. He can fill a void in this meantime until our receivers figure stuff out. Aaron Jones is electric. Every time he touches the ball, you feel like he's going to run into the house. Yep. Minimum 20 touches I think he should be getting every game. Yes, I completely agree. He is a clear-cut RB1. He is so good. So good. Another surprise for me has been Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, little Clyde. He's been scoring touchdowns like crazy. The man is tiny. I mean, the man's tiny. He doesn't score touchdowns. He's eating me, mighty more lover. Yeah, Mr. Cl- Mr. Clyde's been performing this year. Um, a lot of people had were very low on him, not to be good anymore, including myself. Um, but he's he's been doing really well. Guys, by the way, I feel like I didn't get enough love when – I want to have a time. Like I, I feel like we need to just shit on the Denver Broncos more. Like, are Didn't you guys not entertained? But they I'm win? the only one who shits on them. Didn't they win yesterday? They lost. Oh, like they, yeah, lost they lost. The Raiders. They lost. Like, oh, does yeah. anybody else want to say anything about? I mean, all they're that two and two. Like, there's not much to shit on yet. Like, their season. Like, I shit. I, one of my main points was. Javante Williams, like I feel bad, you know, it sucks. They just lost their best, one of their best offensive playmakers. You know, I we talked a lot about the Broncos. You're you're a real big Bronco hater. Hmm. I mean, I feel like you're the expectations on the Broncos, like they're they're gonna be like this like prolific offense, that they're gonna be unbelievable. And they score like nine points a game. So so bad. Man, okay, sounds, like, sounds like you don't want to ride. Ty and I are. We want to ride, but you don't want to ride. <laughs> no, that's I don't want to ride. That's I'm not riding. <laughs> Steelers Nation, let's ride. Can we talk about, well, <laughs> honestly, I had no idea about what good fantasy kickers are going on this year, but number one and two is Daniel Carlson, the Raiders kicker, and Young Ho Koo for the Falcons. I think my theory uh, as to why they're like, have the most points i haven't watched all their games or anything but 
I think they're both on teams where an offensive drive just fizzles out. So they need to rely on a kicker to hit like a 34 yard field goal. Like those two teams are below average when you have eh, Derek Hart, so-so, but then you have Marcus Mariota on the Falcons. And I think they've gotten the most points so far. It's just because of the amount of offensive drive that fizzled out and they need to settle for three points. Yeah. No, funny stuff. Um, I do want to give two honorable mentions for rookies this year for fantasy football. Yeah. I wasn't super high on Chris Olave, but he is looking like an X factor out there. Mm -hmm. I was. Is dominating on his routes. I mean, he looks athletic as hell. He's fast. I mean, he's connecting. I mean, had a great game with Dalton. He's had great games with Jameis. Really high on him now. I think Olave is going to be a superstar in this league. Another guy that was drafted, I believe, in the fourth round. Um, he barely even played at the Florida, at Florida, uh, University of Florida, the Gators. Damian Pierce for the Texans. Yeah. He had like 100, damn near 150 yards last week and a touchdown, and he's looked really freaking good. Mike has no idea who I'm talking about. No. <laughs> Max doesn't either. I don't think. <laughs> no. Damn, guys. Sorry, well, I'm gonna have know. to get another NFL oh. expert on here next week. <laughs> oh, so you're the NFL expert. Oh yeah, expert of the group. Pierce. <laughs> he got he got a uh, 25.9 points, and he was available. Oh yeah, I, I don't think I could name five players on the Texans. I mean that wholeheartedly. Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead is still in the league. Yeah, he's like 67. Davis Mills. Oh, I know Davis Mills. He's the goat. But anyway, guys. We're done. This episode is over. So I don't care who is upset about it, but this episode is done. It's in the grave and it's buried. So to all of our listeners and followers, thank you. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, we're going to keep giving you content. Um, you know, so we're here all day. We're here every week, Wednesday after Wednesday, and we're going to keep shoving it right in your face. We're not here all day. We're done. It's buried. You're right. It is See, Max. Max is just Max. Just says, no, but we are. Our our podcast is available all day, every day, to anybody who wants to listen. Am I right or am I right? Sure, okay. bud. Tyler, send us out. <laughs> Mike, do you have any last comments for Max's comments? I just want to. Pretty sure this episode's coming out on Tuesday instead of Wednesday, but have at it, Ty. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess it is coming out on Tuesday. All right, Throw boy. Up. Well, pot out. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>